Make more birdies. A bottle of bourbon, a little glass, and some ice. This is not a tip. This is a prescription, trust me. Mm. If you don't, you will fall out of balance. Welcome to Birdies and Bourbon. Sit down and have a sip. Welcome back, everybody, to the Birdies and Bourbon show. Uh, our friend John Tattersall, I think we might have actually caught him on vacation, but uh, yes. he, has, he has been kind enough to come on and chat with us during Master's Week, which, uh, hey, Master's Week, no Master's Week, it's always a pleasure to have top 100 PGA instructor John Tattersall on the show with us. John, we got a lot to catch up on, man. I've uh, uh, You've been on TV. I, I mean, like, yeah, I, I got the go- the PGA golf instructor part you never mm-hmm. told me about the whole movie star role you're going for <laughs> <laughs> uh i need an agent like you uh, yeah movie star might be a stretch <laughs> I, I was on tv but let's go with movie star i like that <laughs> but hey for what it's worth i watched the whole thing so i, I thought a couple of Good. Them I, I saw so we, i think we were messaging uh, a few months ago and you'd mentioned you were heading to texas i believe to see chris mm-hmm. uh chris como and we were getting into and, and fitting right as we uh as we're approaching uh our thursday morning tea times at augusta uh that'll happen in uh relatively it's happening this week and yeah. uh interested to hear i you know i'm looking at bryson and you know he's doing his interviews and i'm looking at bryson going i mean his swing speed's going up but i think yes. he's kind of i think he's kind of plateaued as far as where his body uh i'm going to use the term where he wanted to grow his body too Yes. And he's still continuously getting faster. I'm sure you and Chris had a chance to break that down. What, what, what's going on there? Uh, yeah, I think uh, to the food issue, I think he's still eating pretty well, but I think he's kind of tapering off on, on the protein shakes possibly. But um, he says he's trying to lean out of it now. I mean, he is a big kid now. He's, he's strong. I, I don't know exact body weight, but he's putting a ton of mass, muscle mass on, uh, you know, eight last 18 months, which is pretty impressive. I mean, I saw the interview, which would have been 19 when he said, yeah, that the, uh, I think it was the Vegas Invitational, the Vegas, uh, tournament. Hey, I'm going to take some time off. I'm going to get bigger. And it was kind of like, okay, whatever. <laughs> and, uh, and he did, um, and he got significantly bigger. He got significantly faster. Um, so I spent the day with him in February. It never snows in Texas unless I go there, apparently. So they had a, <laughs> I got out just on time uh, on that Sunday, but I spent all day Saturday with him. So I was going there to work with Chris, talk about some data and look at some things. And I've known Chris for a long time. He's a tremendous guy, great coach, obviously, but just a fascinating individual wants to learn wants to get better so it's a great guy to chat to and um and anyway bryson showed up so we had five hours basically with bryson and um he hit driver for seriously two hours straight wow. like ripping at it uh, and um and so this is was the saturday before he went to la for the la open um and i said you know there's a lot of things we talk about but i said you know what's your week look like like what's the training like because I was kind of getting exhausted watching him hit it. And every shot he hit, I got my fingers in my ass because we're indoors in Como's lab. So I right. I, t- I turned on my, my watch and it has decibels on it. And he was in the dangerous range for my ears most of the time. So wow. I'm literally doing this. And I have to do that a little bit indoors anyway. But um, he was 95 decibels plus every time he hit a driver. Wow. Um, so I was like, you know, what does this week look like? Like it's Saturday, you're flying tomorrow 
what's your week schedule look like from a periodization point of view? Because uh, this is speed training, obviously, now. And he said, speed training. I said, okay, like every day? He goes, yeah, like, of course, every day. So, <laughs> all right. So, um, like I said, he hit driver uh, for two hours, pretty much nonstop, had the music cranking, getting pumped up, um, just ripping at it. And um, what surprised me the most, I mean, we talk a lot about uh, use of vertical force and unweighting is a word that's used quite a bit, how quickly he got out of the ground in the backswing and um, how much effort was put in off the golf ball. Uh, so we could, we were doing, uh, we had 3D on him, uh, on his entire body from before. We had 3D on Kyle Berkshire, who's the world long drive guy at the moment. Yep. And he's been working with Kyle and with Chris to look at how he can generate more speed and the amount that they stand up in the backswing and um, move off the ball in the backswing. So the center of mass moves up and back pretty much immediately in the backswing was pretty dramatic. That was one of the things that was most surprising to me. I knew that they moved up as their arms went up, but I thought it was kind of in concert with the arms going up. But they're moving up, and then their arms are kind of going up. So, you know, the old keep your head still, take it back slowly, you know, don't swing too fast in the backswing, uh, stay calm, uh, you know, get your breathing right, stay now. Like he's literally like looking like a weightlifter getting ready to lift a big weight. And that's what he was doing. He was absolutely mauling it. Wow. Um, I said to him, because um, we, so we, we had a, a foresight quad monitor set up, which is measuring ball speed. So we were doing some things swing wise with him. And I said, um, you know, can we, can we uh, look at the club speed to see, is the club speed going up, but you're not hitting in the center. So we're actually moving the club speed up, but you may not be getting the ball speed up because he wanted to be 210 ball speed. Um, to give you an idea, 165 driver speed is about the average on tour right now. Wow. So think so about he's it. He's going to 210. He's, he's at 210, basically. I think on the range this morning or yesterday, it was showing 211 ball speed. Wow. wow. Uh, so what is that 40 miles an hour faster than the average tour pro. So 2.5 yards per mile per hour to do the math on that. Mm. Um, yeah, that's crazy. long, crazy. So I said, you know, Hey, do we, you know, can we just see if the speed's going up, but the ball's not going further because you're not hitting in the center. He goes, I know where I'm hitting in the face, man. I was like, okay, that's a good combo. Good, <laughs> good, good chat. Um, so I was like, okay, all right, fair enough. Um, so, yeah, so he, uh, he was hold, hold on, I, I gave a little bit of an introduction. I didn't give enough of one. I, you you <laughs> can tell how how excited I am to have this conversation with you, and not <laughs> just about Bryson, but to, about the Masters and, and to chat with John just in general. Uh, but uh, you know, I, I got straight into it. I'm like, hey, we've you know, <laughs> we've been on enough dates now. There's no reason to uh, <laughs> play around, right? Yeah. So yeah. What, yeah. So so John, tell us uh, tell, so for the folks that are listening, maybe they haven't listened to you before or listened to you on the show. Uh, give us, uh, give us the John Tattersall bio, if you don't mind. Yeah. Um, I was born in England and, um, played golf over there professionally, uh, came here 30 some years ago, just fascinated about the golf swing, fascinated about trying to play better. Um, and back then there was like so little information, if you will, available as to how to get better. There were good players. There were great athletes, but like, okay, what does that mean? Um, so I'd, I'd say I spent the last 30 years trying to figure out what those things mean. Um, a bit selfishly for my own game, 
but also I, I tend to deal with a lot of very curious people who really want to get better. And um, I guess somewhat because I, I either need more bravado or whatever, but I can't just tell somebody, uh, you know, if I know I'm bullshitting you, then then I can't do it. Uh, so if somebody asks me a question I don't know the answer to, I am really going to try and find out what the answer is uh, or point you in the direction of somebody who knows what the answer is. And in the last 20 years, realistically, I would say sports science has really come to our sport of looking at, okay, what does a good golfer do? What do they, how do they move? What are they capable of doing? What kind of output do they have? How much uh, muscle do they need? What do they need to do to move well in, a, in for a golf swing? So, all those things are kind of like unwrapping the onion, if you will. And I, I don't want to say I've been the forefront of that, but I've been pretty close. And I certainly have been around a lot of the people that are at the forefront of it. So I've, I've been fortunate to work with the, um, you know, it's a bit fortunate, unfortunate, because it, it, it's always not always easy. Um, uh, the player of the year on the PGA Tour, the player of the year on the web.com tour, multiple Ryder Cup players, multiple President Cup players, um, a lot of tour winners, and um, the college winners, et cetera, et cetera. So I, I tend to gravitate uh, towards better players coaching them only because they, um, they want to find out some answers. They are, they are not scared about getting better. Um, and I think that's helped me become a good coach for everybody, hopefully, but it certainly made me push beyond my comfort zone um, and try and get better information for people. And I, I uh, I enjoy. It. I mean, it's great. I, I, that's all I do is coach. I'm in the top hundred of the of the golf magazine list of coaches. Uh, but healthy paranoia is what I would tell you. Every good coach has got. I told I told somebody that, like you know, I, I said just because you're paranoid doesn't mean you're wrong. He goes, no, no, no. Just because you're paranoid doesn't mean somebody's done out to get you. I was like, thanks. That's gone to a whole <laughs> new level of darkness that I didn't know existed. So, um, so really, really trying to get players better of any ability, um, and and you know, have a good time with it most of the time. Um, yeah, I would tell you that I would tell you trying to get good players better is not easy Yeah, because they, they can actually do what you tell them to do. And, and if it's not correct, they are the ultimate bullshit detector. So, mm -hmm. you know, they, they, they know what works and what doesn't work. They may not be able to verbalize it, but they can do it. Sure. Um, so it, it's, it's, it's great. And um, one of the things that impressed me most about Bryson, uh, I'd met him before. I didn't know it. Uh, never helped him before. And without using the language he used, he came in and goes, I don't care, fill in the blank, what it feels like, I want to get faster. And he said, you tell me what to do, meaning us, all of us. There was a 3D expert. There was a force plate expert. There was Chris and myself. You tell me what to do and I'll do it. If it works, well, great. Um, and this was February. He just won the U.S. Open five months earlier. Mm, sure. Like, like how many players are willing to go? What? A, why? Why in the hell do you want to screw with stuff when you're when you're winning major championships? I, I think the mindset to get to that level. And I had this conversation with Patrick Harrington a few years ago because the, they were busting on him for modifying his swing all the time. He goes, "I have my swing does not resemble what got me on tour." So mm. people saying you know, don't try and get better. He said, if I'd have done that, I'd never got on tour. So he said that that is a constant mindset. You don't just get to a point and then go, okay. 
Um, so that, that healthy paranoia that I have, they have probably times 10 because their entire income depends on how well they hit right. the golf ball. Right. So, you know, I always, uh, we, we always open up the show. Well, before we open up the show, I always say, uh, you know, no, no curveballs. you know, just mm -hmm. free shoot. Well, okay. Curveball. Mm -hmm. uh, but, but, and, and I'm going to plagiarize a little bit and, and this is off your site, but I, I think it's one of, you know, and, and even though, you know, we've had plenty of chats together and such, but I always like to go and just make, you know, is there anything that I missed? And, mm -hmm. you know, I, I probably said this before, but you know, you, you've got, um, uh, you know, so the, the three ways that you support the person you're coaching and the first one, and, and I don't, I don't need to get into the other two, but you can, if you want to, but it's <laughs> cultivate your desire to be a better golfer. And, mm -hmm. and, and the reason that that kind of resonated with me and that my, I guess my question is, so you're coaching, you know, an, an amateur like myself and, and it's okay. Maybe, maybe you need to get me over some hurdles to want to be better, to want to practice, to want to do things that are going to allow me to be a better golfer as an amateur golfer as mm -hmm. a professional golfer you you walk in the door and and bryson says i don't give a fuck what it feels like hey just make me faster right so mm -hmm. so you're not cultivating uh any desire for that person to be better what's the mindset and, and i'm gonna i'm gonna dovetail a little bit into you know you, you've got the other three individuals in the room that you just mentioned Como, you got the long drive uh, uh, champion, right? And, and I forget the other person you mentioned. We'll so the, the, we had Kyle's data, Kyle Burks' yeah. data. He wasn't there that day, but we had Michael Neff, who's a 3D expert. And um, uh, it'll come to me in a second. But anyway, he was a, a force plate um, expert. But so I guess in, in that line of thought, right? And, and I'm kind of mm -hmm. looking at this, okay, well, who is John Tattersall and what's, what is he about? And, and I think you drive it home with that first bullet of, um, of, Hey, you know, either you've got to want to be better or I've got to make you want, or I've got to help you or coach you to want to be better. What's mm -hmm. that mindset look like? And, and what's the game planning? And I'm sure there's things that you guys talk about in, in private, if you will, that, you know, that you won't share, but how does that conversation different other than you're dealing with a, uh, you know, a person of a different caliber? Yeah, um, I, I think when I'm coaching a player, uh, I am looking at all aspects of how to get better, um, and, and that's what I'm charged with. So that ultimately means do they score better? So I have to look at all aspects to figure out how to improve their performance. Uh, but I think a player of Bryson's level and me being included in the team in the way in which I was, it was a very specific, you are not here to talk to me about how I feel on the first tee. Um, you are here to help me understand or help me discover something about speed I may not have thought of. And so he was extremely good at understanding what he did, what he didn't do, and, and does anything I'm saying pass the bullshit detector test. Right. Um, so it was a very specific, you're here to talk about this. Uh, some of the other stuff I asked him was about just shot shape type of thing or um, you know, like where in the, like speed overall, blah, blah, blah. It was, but what I was there for was very much to understand how's he moving, look at how the body's moving and look at how can we get more output into the club head and ultimately into the golf ball. As far as direction, um, selection of shots, nothing like that. We, we didn't even go there. This was in Como's lounge, hitting balls into a net. So we had 12 feet to worry about, basically, and we had ball speed to worry about. Um, and, and it was, that was great because it's like, here's the task. 
Here's what we're going to look at. We have 3D available. We have force plates available. We have launch monitor available. And on him, I mean, you talk about a, a sure. test dummy for speed. Uh, yeah, he, he was uh, impressive and uh, and not scared. That's what impressed me about the mindset, um, which I love because I've had, even at the highest level, I've lost clients on the PGA Tour because I have seen that they weren't as fast as they needed to be. And I have brought that up to them and they have not wanted to do those things to get better. So as a coach, I've then pulled back um, rather than say, look, get in their face and say, look, if you want to compete at this level, we need these ball speeds just because everybody else is trying to hit it further. And so the simple math is if you're hitting a shorter club into the green, like they did at Wingfoot, they knew that everybody was going to miss fairways. They were trying to miss fairways 330 yards down the hole. So if you missed a fairway and he's strong, he could wedge it or whatever out of the rough versus trying to figure out how to hit more fairways. Because they, they, when they got to Wingfoot, they basically figured out, I don't care who you are, you're going to miss fairways this week. Right. So we need to be as far down that field as possible. And that's, um, that, that's really great for me as a coach because I've tried to get people to do that for a long time. Um, and, and, you know, you may have had um, – uh, you know, people aren't talking about shot pans and that kind of stuff in the past. But now we can reverse engineer where players are hitting it to, where they're making birdies from, all that kind of stuff. I mean, there was a, for the longest time when I was doing practice rounds with players, we'd be out there and going, okay, if the pin's in the right, we need to be in the left or blah, blah, blah. And now they've looked at all this track map, all the force play, sorry, all the shot link data, too much data. Um, <laughs> And seen on the fairway when they put the grids down of where people made birdie from, they're making it from the rough, they make it from the right fairway, the left right. fairway, the left rough, the right rough. There's no correlation between being in the right place in the fairway and being able to make a birdie. Um, this week only, or not only, but one of the few weeks where that might be more prevalent given the undulations in the green. But generally speaking, uh, if you have speed and you have height, you can stop it most pin places close where you need to stop it. And would you say height? You're talking about uh, about ball flight and how high you're, the trajectory of the ball, how high you're hitting it, and it's coming straight down, or is it landing at a glancing angle, right? Correct, yeah. So, so like, one of the players I used to kind of help with was he Slocum, who was phenomenal ball striker, won on tour a number of times, led in proximity. Mark Blackman was his main coach. I helped Heath with some different stuff with Mark. And Heath would hit as many or more greens in regulation than nearly every player on tour, was leading proximity a number of years. But he was hitting, you know, he's, Heath is, is small, relatively. And, and he was hitting greens, shots into the greens because he didn't have the speed that some of these other guys do. His ball was landing at such a, uh, a flat angle. Yeah. He couldn't keep it close. If it was a front pin, he couldn't keep it close to the hole. Sure. Um, so he would hit, he could literally hit 18 greens in regulation and shoot over par. Um, so, you know, I, I remember years ago, um, I went to the Masters and, I, and I've been to the Masters with players a number of times, but I went with my kids and was actually a spectator. So they didn't care about standing on the range, me watching practice, people guys practice and seeing what they're learning. No, it's like I want they, cookies, I want another sandwich, I want, I want another shirt. Yeah. Ice cream sandwich, yeah, I want a hat. <laughs> I want a mug, going through the trash cans, trying to find the, you know, the master's cups, all that kind of stuff. 
so we so I thought, okay, screw it. We're going on. We're going on fifteen or sixteen. We went down there, and um, we sat in the bleachers to the right of the hole as you're playing it. Yep. And normally, I don't watch from there. I'm I'm back in the fairway watching the guy hit the ball. It was fascinating to watch the land angles of the leaders because they were hitting it better, obviously that week. They were hitting it harder, probably. But they, their ball was coming in with an iron, landing like this and stopping on the green. Sure. And if you're at the Masters, you're a damn good player. It's not like you're a slouch. But the other guys are hitting longer irons or hybrids, and they're landing in the middle, over the back, making par, possibly. These guys are landing it vertically, almost, and having a good look at eagle. So it's like, okay, this is... You've got side to side, but controlling front back is what we look at most of the time at the higher level. So is, that's a good, so, and, and I, I swear we're going to get into uh, more master's conversation in a minute, but it's, it's interesting that you bring that up and, and just looking at the very, it, is it, are, are folks successful at Augusta because, uh, well, they're successful at Augusta because they're damn good golfers, as you just mm-hmm. mentioned, but, but you look at, at individuals that, you know, you look at the multiple winners there, multiple time mm-hmm. winners, mm-hmm. and they're multiple time winners everywhere. And mm-hmm. then you look at kind of these, I don't want to call it one off because it's not a one off per se, but, but you, you know, Hey, you know, Augusta was a place that I could, I could win. And mm-hmm. is that because, I mean, is some of that tied back to my, my ball flight, my ball trajectory. And I mean, the greens are hard as hell, no matter what, right. And no matter how good of a putter you are, you can still wind up, you know, three Jack and plenty of putts at Augusta, right. It, so is that a mm-hmm. correlation as to why I'm a major winner at Augusta and maybe I didn't pull it off anywhere else. You think there's any tie-ins there? Yeah. I think if you think about Ben Crenshaw, uh, phenomenal putter, um, one twice at Augusta, um, not known as the straightest driver of the golf ball. So a U.S. Open, uh, he was a fairly high ball striker for a, for a Texan, um, hit it high, um, putted unbelievably, and hit it plenty far enough that he was hitting probably short-ish irons into the greens. Yeah. Um, so you either have to have phenomenal ball control, like a, I would say a Marikawa has got, Phenomenal ball control with his irons, probably easily. Ooh, we, hey, we, we've got our we've got our first uh, got our first pick. I heard. Yeah. Well, maybe not. Um, <laughs> but, um, but 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 like he's if he's not hitting it, say as far as a Dustin, as good as he is, he's not going to control the distance as well. So it's not only where you land it; it's how far it will roll out once it's landed. So. Yeah. If you've got some, I'd always take a long hitter and a good putter over a good iron player at Augusta. So, hold, a so long, long hitter, good putter versus, yeah, versus a good a iron player, player, right? Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. Versus an iron player. Yeah. Yeah. So, which is so interesting, right? And, and I, I made a note because I wanted to talk. I knew we were going to talk about uh, about Bryson, your time with Coma. We're probably mm-hmm. not going to have enough time to get into uh, the BMW experience with the Coma mm-hmm. concepts because we're already, I've already got us way down a damn rabbit hole <laughs> over here that I can't get us yeah. out of. So, oh, so right. that, may be, that may be for the next show. But, but look at, if you look at Bryson, Bryson and his results. Now mm-hmm. he's, he, he's played well at Augusta, right? What do you got? 88 players there. You get the top 50 in the world and then you get mm-hmm. some variation of other, other, uh, you know, kind of pull-ins, but mm-hmm. you know, I, I don't, I wouldn't say that he's played Augusta really well. Um, no, no compared to other golfers. And, but when you like take the, take the open, for example, where he's, you know, just, just 
crushing the ball. I don't care where it lands. I just need it to be in play and I'll get it out of whatever I need to get it out of. Do you mm-hmm. think that Augusta national kind of brings Bryson's strengths, right? Which are power and length and speed mm-hmm. down a little bit because it puts him more at parity because you don't have the rough to deal with that you've got rough, but not the mm-hmm. rough that you're dealing nah, with at these yeah. other courses. And, yeah. and, and again, if it's, if the you know if it rains like it says it's going to this weekend, everybody's going to have a challenge with distance. Mm-hmm. Um, got a few more patrons there this week than than we did in November. So you know, but again, I don't think it really had any damper on what we've seen over the past from a rough standpoint. I mean, you get a lot of pine straw. Is the rough right? You're either you're either in bushes or you're in pine straw. I mean, the rough is really not rough at Augusta. No, it's not. I guess my question is, is is Bryson, does Augusta kind of pull down? Is that the one course that just may not set up well for him in what he's doing versus what other people are doing that kind of put them at more of a parity? Yes, potentially. I mean, the rough is, um, is he so much longer? Like like, uh, Matt Wolf at the U.S. Open, like Bryson was the seventh longest hitter at the, at the U.S. Open. So other guys are running it out as far as him. Hmm. Um, he's flying it farther than those guys. So with not having much rough, that advantage kind of goes away. And if it's firm off the tee, it's a different game because everybody's running it out there a good distance to have a fairly short uh, You know, these are the best players in the world. So... Is Bryson that much better with a wedge than another guy with a nine iron? Not, not that much. I mean, it's a, a club. Now, if he's hitting wedge and then six iron, clearly he's going to be significantly better. And I think that was more the case at Wingfoot. Um, whereas Augusta, if it's fairly firm and dry, um, it, it's not as much an advantage. And if the greens are firm, then I don't care who you are at Augusta, you, you, even if you're hitting short irons, you cannot get as aggressive as you can at some other courses because of a, the firmness, the quadrants of the green. And then if you miss it in the wrong spot, it, it doesn't just stop by the edge of the green. It's running away, away from the green, even though there's no rough around the greens, you're making bogey a lot of times. And like you said, if you hit the greens in the wrong spot, you can definitely three putt very easily. So from that respect, yes, there is, there is parity to it. Yeah, it's, uh, we recently recorded with um, uh, Pete Charleston from Golf Logics, and we were talking mm-hmm. a lot about green books and, and those kind of things. And uh, and you mentioned Morikawa earlier, right? And and mm-hmm. I, uh, I I don't Instagram, Twitter. I, it was one of those things, but they were showing pictures of uh, I think it was Morikawa's green book, and it basically mm-hmm. it had. If I'm not cheating here, I don't get in trouble. But it, it, but it, but it had like the green, you know, and, and he had a line kind of drawn down between the thing, and yeah. and, and it had a big N O over here, and <laughs> yeah. then it had a it had a check mark over there, and I think it was on yeah. uh, uh, twelve the par three, right? Mm-hmm. And, and mm-hmm. it was um, it just said no. And it's yeah. like, I, you, you don't even think about it. You don't even consider Correct. it. You, you go, you hit left and mm-hmm. depending on wind, where the, where the pin placement is, where the, uh, where the tee box is, then that just tells me how far right I can go when I'm hitting it left. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, there's, there's a lot of holes like that. There was a, a fairly, I mean, for me being a golf nerd, it's a fairly famous story, but Payne Stewart at the Memorial. So Memorial course is very similar to Augusta in the way that Jack designed it. And Payne came in one day and Jack apparently was saying like, 
so how was the course today? And he goes, uh, you know, it's not good in places. Like you can't even fire the pins. And Nicholas was like, who says you're supposed to fire at the pins? Like, <laughs> and Payne's like, oh shit, the guy has won 18 majors. He's just telling me I'm he an idiot. He just told me the secret sauce, man. He just told me the secret sauce. So everybody honestly is doing that with their, with their yardage books. Uh, they are like, we, we know when we go to a tournament, Augusta is a great scenario. Like on Sunday, we could all tell you roughly probably 14 of the 18 greens where the pin is going to be. Absolutely. And, and so every tournament we go to, we know the caddies from the previous years, the good caddies keep their yardage books. They keep their pin sheets in their yardage books. They tell you what the wind was, what the temperature was, dew point, uh, you know, uh, what they hit from this yardage every day, practice versus tournament. And they know where the pins are going to be. So they know roughly when we do a practice rounds where the pins are going to be one of those four days. And then you're looking on the yardage book to go, okay, even if the pin is whatever, I cannot go over this part of the green. So you're literally taking a yardage book and taking the green. Some guys use different color uh, highlighters um, so that if you're out of position, you've got to play to here and that kind of thing. So they're all doing that. And um, the thing is, when you see somebody playing on Sunday and hitting a great pitch shot or a great approach shot, they have probably hit that shot at least once before that week in practice because uh, they know if I'm in this part of the fairway or on this side, out of position a little bit, I am going here no matter what. And if I miss the green, I know this, this pitch is going to do that. So typically in a practice round, the guys will hit from the tee, they'll hit into the green, they'll play to the flag where it is in the practice round. And they are, for the kids I coach, I'm always like, okay, where's the flag not going to be this week? And they look like, well, it's right where it is right now. It's never, there's no way it's going to be there. So don't spend too much time putting to that. So I, you know, I get them to hit to the green and then I kick the ball off in the areas where I think they're going to have to pitch from uh, so that they can get a bit of feel for the rough, for the, for the pitching, whatever. Um, we can't do that at Augusta because we're not allowed inside the ropes with the player. Um, yeah. so it's a bit tricky, but the caddies are doing that. They're throwing it around. Um, and the, but, but if you are, notice you as, are, are you as a coach, are you meeting, are you, you with the caddy or the player prepping for, uh, kind of the, um, the practice round and saying, Hey, make sure you hit from here, from here, from here. So you've got, all, yeah. I mean, you, you've got a, you've got it mapped out and here's, here's what you need to do. So it's there. You're just not there by their side. Right. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. You're trying to get a plan ahead of time. So you're not, um, you know, they, they are out of their comfort zone. So you're trying to make as many scenarios as possible uh, where you kind of, you've seen the script before. That's, that's the goal of a practice round. It's not just seeing where to go. And a lot of the, the, the not, this is not really new anymore. The caddies are on Google earth um, looking at the green from above, like where's the most, where's the most mass of the green to play to. Hmm. Um, so even in the PGA tour, we know that if they hit a green or miss a green, it's about half a shot difference. If they miss a green, unless you're a Jordan Spieth or something like that, where the average tour pro is going to struggle half a shot more if they miss a green. So how do we job one hit a lot of greens? Hey, this is Christy Kerr, LPGA professional golfer and Vintner slash chief tasting officer. You are listening to the Birdies and Bourbon podcast.
It's like you're a professional at this. Speaking of Jordan Spieth. Oh, yeah. Segway. There you go. <laughs> oh, I mean, I, I, hey, uh, you know, Dan's always, he's likely to drive us back somewhere. He'll give me the hand and it's like, hey, <laughs> yeah. no, we're, we're going back. Yeah. Over. But, yeah. I mean, how friggin' great. So, and, and Dan and I talked about this uh, when we recorded earlier in the week, but uh, could it be more scripted PGA? What are you sipping on, by the way, if you can say? Uh, yeah, Johnny Walker. Black, mm. black. Ah, let, mm-hmm. I'm sipping Johnny. I'm going black. Today. Yeah, I um, I, I can't handle bourbon. I don't know what it is. It's, um, <laughs> I guess, I guess the um, the the I didn't realize whiskey is white or scotch is white, and then they use bourbon barrels. Yeah, to make bur- it bourbon, whatever yeah. that could. Yeah, so generally speaking, yeah. So I'm going to send you. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to send you one of our barrel picks. Uh, I'm going to. Oh, there you go. Bottle of this. So. Nice. Thank you. And it's a rye, so it'll be it'll probably be a little more in tune with some Scott. You, you, you I'll, I'll take the next day off. <laughs> well, just don't, you don't drink the whole bottle in one shot. Oh, okay, okay. You, you got to work up to That's that. where I'm going wrong. That's you got to work up to that. Yeah. Work up to that. So, hold on, so Jordan Spieth, could it be more scripted? So, uh, let's see. Uh, Brooks Kepka shows up Sunday before the masters unannounced, mm-hmm. just, Hey, mm-hmm. here I am. Give me, give me mm-hmm. my three holes. Yeah. Uh, John Rahm has his baby the weekend before he did, but the, he, his family has the baby the weekend before, before yeah. Yeah. Jordan Spieth has just been beating the lights out of it and he wins mm-hmm. in his home mm-hmm. state. Yeah, uh, Dan, what am I missing as far as the scripting goes? That R- is, Rory, uh, Rory is blaming Bryson for his swing challenges. Yeah. Rory's blaming Bryson <laughs> for his swing. I mean, this is like the PGA it has has unseated the WWF or WWE <laughs> yeah. as the yeah. script. I, I'm kidding. That is that's completely <laughs> no, a no. joke. But yeah. the cards couldn't be more in line for just a j- just the hey, you want something to talk about? Talk about this. <laughs> yeah. You've got so yeah. many friggin' yeah. things, man. But what about speed? Do you think uh, think we got something here? Oh, d- yeah, it's it's impressive. I, I was just thinking in my head that the starter on Thursday is going to say, let's get ready to rumble or whatever. <laughs> I used to say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jay, if you're going to say it, you got to do it the right way. <laughs> let's get ready to rumble. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Yeah. Uh, oh, probably not. That goes, I played Augusta twice this year. I probably won't go back after that. Um, uh, we'll cut that out. Just kidding. Yeah, cut that out. Yeah. Uh, Spieth, Spieth, I would have lost a lot of money on. Um, I um, when, when, like I'm looking at stats all the time. So he, you know, he he has done what I think is pretty impossible all the way along um, from how to put a round of golf together. Like his, the way he gets it done does not add up in the normal sense of the word. He's always been phenomenal at that middle range putting distance, sort of 10 to 20 feet, 25 feet. If you're making one or two of those around, uh, and you're doing all the other things well, you are going to be either winning or right there. And he did that for a long, long time. He was adequate with his driver early on and phenomenal with his irons and phenomenal with short game and phenomenal with putting. And then, of course, a little bit in the same, he wasn't blaming Bryson, but in a little bit in the same role, he tried to get longer and then lost uh, directional control. Or just, you know, if you always had a bit, if you're a bit shaky, and you and you go faster, then you're going to be more offline, kind of thing. Right. Um, so he's he's struggled with that, and thankfully he's brought it back. And I, I honestly uh, would have told you he's not going to come back, just not only because um, 
you know, he it's tough to go through what he's gone through, but everybody else was getting better at the same time. Yeah. So, so but it wasn't they were like getting, but get they were getting better by, they weren't getting like a stroke better. I mean, they were like well, well ahead. Yes. Yeah. If he's playing with like the mental fortitude of doing what he's doing, he's playing with, you know, the best players in the world. He's paired with Dustin Johnson. He's paired with Rory McIlroy. I mean, that's like me playing with Jordan Spieth. I mean, they are driving it so well and you've almost got to have blinkers on. So the intestinal fortitude he's got is pretty incredible. Mm -hmm. Um, because I don't care what you say, those guys are looking at each other to see what they're doing. I mean, they are like sheep out there. And so he's tried to get the driving better. I looked on his stats from the last, when he won this past week, he barely was above in the strokes gain category. He was right at even or slightly above off the tee. So still, you know, he's not hurting himself, but certainly not gaining anything. And then he kicked ass on, on approaches and, um, and putting again. So um, I've got nothing but respect for him. He's not, I've met Jordan a few times, couldn't be a nicer kid. So impressed with him. Um, not a massive fan of the way he plays golf because it goes against a lot of the things that I think are important from a driving perspective. Uh, but shit, he's good. Mm-hmm. And whatever, whatever he, however he thinks, I would, I would like tell any kid I'm coaching, look at how he plays golf. Yeah. Um, the other one I tell people to do is look at how Mickelson plays golf back in, you know, a few years ago when he was doing better, but Mickelson can hit it so far offline and, you know, have a bit of a hissy fit, but not bad. But then pull driver on the next hole and hit it hard again. Most players are like, oh, my God, what happened? Like, you know, and he's just like. I, I would reframe that statement and and not when he was playing better, but when he cared. And I'm not mm-hmm. saying that he doesn't still care. I'm mm-hmm. just saying that, I mean, whatever he gets t- today or tomorrow, mm-hmm. I mean, that's it. That's icing on the cake, man. I mean, there, you know, it's. Yes and no. I think if he's, if he's sitting there having a drink with you, he's going to reflect like I've had a hell of a run. I'm one of the best players that's ever lived. I've got all the money I need, et cetera, et cetera. But again, back to what we said earlier, you don't get that good by being a good loser. Yeah. So, you know, that, that does not switch off. So like, you know, uh, I was looking at something about F1 the other day. It's like two F1 drivers in a room They're They're, they're not holding the door open for each other. <laughs> you know, they are, they are running to the door to see who can get out first. So you think of any competition with Mickelson, he's going to bet you and he is going to try and beat your ass. So it, it's, it's, you know, from a from a human perspective, sure. you hope you can kind of balance that out so you're a decent human. But from an athlete perspective, you absolutely want that mindset. You want to feel like I am not content with this shit. So if he misses a cut this week, which I hope he doesn't, he's not riding home in his G5 going, you know what, life's pretty good. Like, you know, um, he's on the phone to his coach going like, what the fuck, you know, just, <laughs> right. you know, um, like yeah. I, 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 I talked to Como last week. So I, I was with him before LA open. He missed the cut at LA to Bryson. And then he, and he played better at, uh, the, the WGC, mm-hmm. uh, the concession. And then, um, I don't think he, I don't know which order it was in, whether it was Honda first and then Bay Hill, but he didn't play Honda, I don't think, but one Bay Hill yeah. and then almost won the players. So, third at the players. Yeah. 
Yeah, phenomenal. Like, like legit had a chance to win it. He was right there and should have possibly won it. Who knows? Yep. And so I talked to Como. And so, so I hadn't talked to him since I was with him in February. I talked to him last week. He was on his way home. I said, how are you doing? He goes, I'm worn out. He said, I've been on the road six weeks teaching every day. And I said, um, and then he said, I'm talking to Bryson every night. I was like, okay. Mm-hmm. I said, how's that? I said, is he happy? He goes, no, he's not fucking happy. <laughs> he's never happy. <laughs> yeah. No, he's... He's on the phone like bitching about how it's going. And and that's the mindset of a player. And that does not change. Like they are happy for a little while. And it's like, okay, let's go. Who do you, who, so as a coach, uh, do you feel more pressure when your, when your guy is coming in third, first, 22nd, or do you feel more pressure when you're the coach of the guy that's the lowest ranked player coming into the masters? Uh, I think you're feeling pressure regardless. I mean, it doesn't you, matter. You, no, I, th- I think you're, you're, you're trying to figure out, you're looking at that player. So I, in my mind, and I'd like to know from other coaches, I am always trying to get them to run a race against themselves. Um, like what do they need to do to get better on a daily basis or figure out, are we trending up or trending down and how early do we spot that? And, and what things can we spot earlier that are avoiding a, a downward slide. So, so I, I don't think you're really kind of, I think from an egotistical point of view, you're walking around with your chest puffed out, but you're still, you're still thinking, okay, I've, I've got to, you know, uh, get this keeping going the right direction. And I think our job as coaches is to try and, um, keep it going this way as much as possible and, and, and sort of be 15 minutes ahead on thinking what could potentially be coming up. Yeah. So you mentioned it. You said, you know, you, you, uh, you know, you, you'd like for coaches to get together and talk about, and, and it's, mm-hmm. you know, are, are you competing as coaches? Probably I'll, I'll speak for you. So but I would mm-hmm. say, yes. I mean, everybody mm-hmm. wants to, you know, and you probably got, Ooh, I want to coach that guy because I think I've got this for him mm-hmm. and you've got relationships and what have you. But mm-hmm. you know, as it, do, do you think that in general, and, and you said Chris and yourself are good friends mm-hmm. and, and, you know, there's a relationship there where you guys are kind of, uh, um, uh, uh, you know, intimate with each other in, in your expertise, right? In, oh, okay. yeah, in, in your expertise. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and it's not, it's not a, Hey, somebody's coming to take over. Somebody's coming to try and take something from me. It's like, mm-hmm. no, Hey, I'm willing to I, like, I would appreciate the opportunity to come and, and, and offer something that, that I may see from my eye that your eye mm-hmm. has seen for so many times that you just may have missed because it's so routine or mundane that, that you just miss it. And it mm-hmm. may not be glaring, right? I mean, you may be looking for more of the finite kind of aspects of something. It, do you think you're that, that the coaching world of, of PGA coaches, do you think that that, yeah, it was, so I, I think what you're saying is I, I think that doing what we do is, is tough and we're okay with that. Um, like that's what we signed up for. Um, but I think you've got a a great group of, of coaches out there who truly want to get their players better. Mm -hmm. And you have friends out there and you have friends that you speak to like Mark Blackburn's a good friend, uh, Chris Como, um, Jeff Leishman. There's a, there's a, there's a ton of the, the, the coaches that are good friends of mine, Claude Harmon. I mean, a lot of, I'm not out at tour events very much at the moment, but a lot of times we are there and it's like, hurry up and wait. So you are getting there when the player says get there. And then they show up when they want to show up basically because they're tour players yep. and they get to do that. 
So we are standing around chatting, and there are guys that I love chatting to. Chuck Cook is a famous coach. Anytime I get time with Chuck, I am like trying to gently not wear him out, asking questions about things. Um, and I'm sure I annoy him and wear him out. You're going to have to teach me that approach someday. <laughs> of not wearing people out or no, no, not being annoying, not being annoying. That's oh, all. Okay. Yeah, but, but, but I tell you what, if you're annoying in an interesting way, it works. So, exactly. I, I've got yeah. positive reinforcement here. Positive reinforcement. Yeah. No, but yeah. what John's yeah. talking about is that curiosity of trying to get better. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And I think uh, to Dan's point, I think it is, we are all curious. And um, I, I think that we all know we're all going to get, can at some point by the players. So we are trying to figure out how can I learn as much in this situation and get this player better? Because I think every coach, Sean Foley, another great coach, we all give a shit. Like we are trying to get these guys better and um, we are really trying to figure out what we need to do better. So when a player doesn't perform, they feel like crap, but we feel like crap too. So like, over the weekend, one of the kids I coached got into the Canadian Q school. Another college player played like shit. So I'm like, for two minutes, I'm thinking, this is great. You know, we one guy's got his tour card. And then two minutes later, I'm checking scores and the other kids played like shit. So I'm like, it lasts for about a second. And then you, <laughs> you know, so, you, you, you know, it's always that. Like, you think you know what you're doing. And they're like, oh, shit, I could, what, could, what did I miss? You know, so. Reality sets in. Reality sets in. So it, it's, it's, um. Is how are you looking at those things and figuring out? So I think all the coaches that are I like that I think are good, um, I have no fear of picking up the phone and talking to them. And I think that has definitely changed in the last fifteen years. I, I think it's I think you've got a younger breed of coach out on tour. I mean, I'm I'm not that age anymore. A lot of these guys are very young now, and they've just got, grown up a different way where. You don't feel you don't feel old. Don't lie to me. I'm as old as the woman I feel at the moment. Yeah, so now I'm fine. <laughs> Lindsay's a lot younger than me. Um, um, but it's like years ago, we great coaches had information, and they literally tried to keep that information close to their chest. Right. And and now with the advent of like we're looking at tea times on our iPad, and I'm on my phone doing this this uh, conference with you. We have so much information. So the information is out there now. It's not like you can hide information from anybody. It's understanding how to disseminate that information and make it work for the for the player or for the student, whatever it might be. And as coaches, we are talking a lot. And like literally there's a guy in Atlanta, Sean Coach. I, I take my students to him uh, if I have a putting issue because Sean knows more about putting than I do. Sean has talk, talked to the uh, golf engineers about shafts more than I have. So literally now I, it's a bit of laziness because he's like, I could study for hours. I'm not going to get to the level of, of information he is. So I just pick up the phone and say, hey, can you take a look at this guy? Or I'm seeing this happen in the golf. I was literally on the phone with him this morning about a driver that one of my players on the contract has to use. And he knows more about it than I do. So I'm like, what do I need to know? Like, mm -hmm. what am I missing? Um, because he understands where that driver waiting is and, and this player is struggling with his driver. And well, but how much, how much are one. you missing? How much would you miss by not doing that versus pushing that to someone that's an expert in that field 
and you mm-hmm. being, I, I mean, I, what I'm hearing is, is that the golf instructor or coach or you know, whatever label you guys want to hold, mm-hmm. it's becoming more, Hey, this is what I can help you at. And this is where, this is mm-hmm. what I know that I can help fix. If there's the, if there's the ability to do that, if it's possible, here's mm-hmm. where I'm going to help you. And I'll get kind of, you know, I can, I can veer off a little bit. But, you know, on the other side, it's like, hey, if you're really going down this road, I need to get you off to somebody else because there's probably somebody else over here where your time's better served. Right. And yeah, it's a better result. Yeah. And the player doesn't want to speak to other people. So our job as a coach is to vet these other people to make sure that that we're the voice that they trust. But we're pulling in experts to to get that information to them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we are, the, and we're the one that get yells at if we're wrong. But 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 they need a person like when shit hits the fan, who they're looking for, and they're looking for the your person who's the coach. And exactly. Uh, yeah, you got it. <laughs> and, uh, and and so I have to find experts that I trust, talk to, do the due diligence with bring them in and make sure we're on. So a lot of times, you know, uh, we are testing these players with other experts and the expert a lot of times isn't talking to the, to the uh, player much. Sure. Like with, with Como, I know Como very well, but like we're together with Bryson, Bryson hitting balls. I'm looking at 3d of him and talking to Como about, for instance, right arm structure, where his arm is, what it's moving like. And I was like, Chris, this is what I'm seeing. This is what I think is correct. And he goes, well, don't tell me, tell him. I was like, okay, well, I just wanted to run it through you first. I didn't want to go, even though I'm in the room with him, I didn't want to start talking to Bryson. Hey, you need to do it. Cause he's like, okay, I know you're in the room, but like, yeah, who the know, fuck are you? Who the fuck are you? Yeah. Intimidating or intimidating or not intimidating. Oh, intimidating. I mean, anytime you're telling a player who can do what you're telling them to do, uh, you, you, if you say, absolutely, I know this is correct. Like we were looking at data. So this wasn't my opinion. We were looking at Understood. absolute data and, and saying to him, hey, I think you need to do this. And he's like, no, that's not. I was like, okay, well, you know, you can. And so I, I actually saw Chris at the players on TV working on right arm stuff, like where his arm is located, how it's extending. And sorry, when I told Chris, I was like, hey, so you working on some of the arm stuff? He goes, yeah. I said, does he like it? Yeah, I guess no, I still don't like it, but I'm still working on it. So I like, okay. <laughs> but I mean, some of this stuff is trial and error, right? I mean, it's not oh, like, yeah. it, it's, yeah. I mean, the data says this, here's, mm-hmm. here's what I see that could deliver a different, mm-hmm. uh, you know, could execute what you're trying to get to try mm-hmm. this. Let's see if it, let's see if it works. I mean, it's not like, yeah. Oh shit. Hey, the recipe is a cup of this, a tablespoon of that or what? I mean, it, yeah. it, it's not, I mean, it's a human body and yeah, it's you, mechanics. Yes and it moves, but it's not, but it's not it, 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 while it's fluid, Mm -hmm. there's still all this stuff that could happen. Absolutely. So think of, you know, 3d motion capture, force plates, video, it's all history. It's not, it's not the future. So we can tell you what you are doing, but when you need to move and how much, what magnitude, what direction for how long that's, that's the future. So my job is to look at history, look at the data of what just happened and then try and extrapolate what needs to happen ahead of time. Cause if I'm telling you in the downswing, you need to do this. Well, the downswing only lasts a quarter second. So if I'm trying to tell you something in the downswing, we need to back it up. So then what you're telling somebody in transition that's changing the downswing. So we need to look at data, but then we need to understand 
what input is that player? What do they need to do to make that actual change? Um, so it, it, one of the things that have been interesting in our world is understanding force uh, because the force always precedes motion. So we see the motion. That's what video looks like. That's what the 3D looks like. That's what the, the, the force plates will show you ahead of time where the force vectors are going. But our job is to understand, okay, if I want this swing to change, what force do I need to try and tell you to put into the grip to change that motion? Mm. So I'm literally trying to get ahead of the motion that you're seeing. Yeah. And it so, probably feels nothing like what it looks like. Oh, and that's, that was one of the great things about Bryson when he walked in. He says, I don't give a fuck what, what you tell me to do. I don't give a fuck what it feels like. I, I will do what you tell me to do. Hmm. And I'll know pretty quickly whether it's going to work. That's got to be like, fun, though. It's got to be fun. Fantastic. Fantastic. It's got to be fun. Like, get to, and Because, I mean, no doubt he's an athlete. He's a mm -hmm. you know, great golfer, right? I mean, mm -hmm. and, and being able to tell somebody, hey, I need you to do this. And I'm sure mm -hmm. it takes a couple of, you know, a couple of, couple of, you know, what at you is to, to get mm -hmm. the feel right. But it's like I can actually execute what you're illustrating mm -hmm. to me. Like, I, 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 okay, I'll, okay, I can. I can lay it on mm -hmm. you. Know, and mm -hmm. that's got to be a, a ton of fun to get to, uh, to, get to go down that road. Well, it is, and it's it's interesting then when you deal with the recreation players. There's not a knock on a recreation player because I, you know, I'm I'm not a Bryson DeChambeau, so I'm sure I'll say the same things. But like, yeah, I just can't feel that. Like, I, I can't trust that. It's like, are you kidding me? <laughs> you know, <laughs> just trust it. <laughs> yeah, just. And like, I, I had a client a few weeks ago, and he's a very successful guy. And you know, I teach a lot of Taipei, so they're either really good players or they're very successful businessmen. And this guy walked in, and he was really successful guy and he's like questioning everything i'm looking dude like I, 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 i'm telling you what i'm telling you i have not made this up this is 30 years of me studying this stuff so i'm happy to help you but if you don't want to try it then we should just stop right now because i am telling you what it's taken me 30 years to learn and you're telling me what you're yeah so if you want me to just stand here and agree with you because you know then i'm not your guy Mm. Just, I, I, just send the check, send the check. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Mailbox money. But I, you know, I, I'm charged with, I, I eat what I hunt. So like, if I don't get those players better, they're going to find somebody that will. And yeah. so, uh, you know, I, I, I think I may have told this before, one of the Ryder Cup players I worked with, a European tour player, I, I was at a tour event with him and it's like, you know, it's Wednesday or Tuesday or something. And he's swinging pretty well. And, and I'm trying to get him kind of pumped up and feeling good. And he hit some shots a bit squirrely. And he's like, what's that about? I said, it looks really good. You know, it's pretty close. He goes, John, I don't need a fucking cheerleader. I need you to tell me <laughs> what I'm doing. I was like, okay, boss, let's go. You know, that's fair enough. That's fair enough. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, oh, hey, I, I wouldn't. Oh, and in that vein, I am moving to uh, back. We're getting back on. We're supposed to be talking about the Masters. Oh, uh, sorry. Sorry. Um, sorry. But uh, I, I don't know. I can't resist. Anytime we get on, it's such a pleasure to chat with you. It is. And I know you're on vacation, and I know we're going to get the hammer at some point. Yeah. So you gotta, yeah. Got to get, got to get into this stuff. Yeah. Um, so, uh, let's see. So Dan's got a, Dan's got some things for you. I got yeah. a couple things for you. Uh, Dan, do you want to go first? Uh, you want to go first. Do some uh, tournament props and uh, matchups. Let's do some matchups. We love yeah. doing matchups with John. Yeah. yeah. All right. So first one we got here is Xander versus P Reed. 
And uh, uh, is who's most popular? Yeah, <laughs> Xander is minus 137, so he's favored, and P. Reed mm-hmm. is plus 105. Who's winning in the matchup? I think um, I would take Xander in that every day of the week. Um, except possibly this. No, I, th- I think uh, every day of the week. When I was, uh, I was there when Patrick won, what year was that? 19, 18, 18? 18. Yeah, because he was 18. won 17. Yeah. He put the jacket on. Yeah, 18. Yeah. 18. Okay, so um, like the pros at Augusta are great. I know them. And they said he was there the week before purely putting, like spent hours out there on the greens, mapping out every green, working around the greens. Hmm. And, and then I was joking that it's going to be a very, very small champions dinner uh, <laughs> <laughs> next year. Um, so, I, but, uh, but if you look at how they're hitting it, which a lot of it, no matter how well you putt, you still got to hit it very well. I would take Xander on that one. Okay. I don't think I'm going to go with John on this one. I'm taking Xander. I know Cal's got Reed though. Give me Reed, man. Give me, give me P. Reed. Yep. Uh, Bryson versus Rom. Ooh, that's a good one. Uh, if the right Bryson shows up, uh, I'd take Bryson. Um, if if uh, Rama is euphor- euphoric over having his first child, then uh, but I, I think that's a tough one to come back from having your first child. And you, as soon as you hit one bad shot, you're off thinking about why am I not home holding my child? Yeah, I'm with John on that one too. I think the kid thinks and, the, the kid thing for sure. And he's really a li- now Rom's a little emotional on the course. I mean, that's it's Spanish. Hey, Sergio, Mm -hmm. Seve, Mm I mean, do you think he, do you think that he enjoys seeing Sergio go to that dinner and he's like, no, I'm Spanish. Why in the hell am I not going to the dinner? It is eating at his crawl. I think, I think Rom is going like the baby's here. I've got that off my back. I'm going, I'm going to uh, throw down at Augusta. Yeah, I think I, I think both of those are, are great picks, honestly. Um, I think I may have told you today I spent – Dave Phillips is Rom's coach. Uh, I spent three hours with Rom probably 18 months ago watching him hit balls, talking to him uh, on the range in San Diego. Uh, couldn't be nicer. I loved him. Um, got done at the end of it. And he said, hey, thanks for coming out. I'm like, seriously? I just watched you hit balls for three hours and, <laughs> and work on short game and talking with you about it. And I got to watch that display and you were thanking me. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, he was tremendous. And uh, look, I'm, I'm European, so I, the Spanish golfers have done so much for European golf. So I'm, I'm a huge fan of all of them. But, um, uh, yeah, that's a great matchup. What if, a if Ram shows up, if Ram shows up, like is he ready to be there then he's really good perfect segue into the european fitzpatrick versus hatton and i, pr- I pronounced it right i pronounced it right hat today. On hat off. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um uh, i think tyrrell is is i'd take tyrrell on that bit Hmm. I think Fitzpatrick's got the precision for that golf course, and he's a phenomenal putter. Uh, Hatton hits it better, uh, but um, Fitzpatrick, uh, he could be a good one on that golf course because he outthinks most people, great putter, and has good ball control on what he's doing. He's got, um, I don't know this for sure, but uh, his caddy uh, used to caddy for Seve. And I'm not sure if he's been on the back of a winner there or not before. He might have been. Hmm. Okay, cool. He's a, he's a good Yorkshire lad. <laughs> We're not professionals either, so we don't know. What do you think, Cal? Yeah. Uh, 
Um, you know, I, 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 I like uh, Hatan. Um, I just think, I think that, uh, I think he's playing with some purpose and I think he's been a little bit shaky kind of coming in. It's, um, mm-hmm. uh, so I, you know, and I think Augusta is one of those places that he's going to be able to show up to that he's familiar with. And, uh, I think out of the he hits, two, I'm, he hits it higher than Fitzpatrick too. Yeah. Um, Oh, um, yeah, he's a streaky player. I mean, he is not scared either. I mean, he's he's been in the lead, kept the lead, won. So he's not scared. That, that's the thing. If Hatan is, if he's on, I think he he's going to pressure and he's going to hammer down. I think mm-hmm. Fitzpatrick is playing. Um, I don't want to say he's the nice guy out there, but uh, you know, I think he's playing his game. You know, and he, he's mm-hmm. not he's not varying. You know, it's it's kind of you know, all the way. Here's a good yeah, one. he's ba- he's a baby face, but he's an assassin too. So I wouldn't. Right. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not discounting him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. Here's a good one: Connors versus Adam Scott. Mm, that is a good one. I mean, mm. I, hold on, hold on. I'm gonna go for my love affair for uh, <laughs> romance. Good day, mate. Uh, and and it's only and it's only because I've got a man crush on Adam Scott. Other than that. I don't know how you, how I couldn't go with Corey Connors except mm-hmm. for I don't know many Canadians and mm-hmm. man, I need to diversify my friend portfolio. <laughs> um, I think you could flip a coin on those two. I don't know what Adam's done recently. Okay. Uh, he's been he's been using a new driver shaft that that is longer but hits it all over the place. And if you can do that anywhere, Augusta is probably where you can do it. Um, but Corey Connors has been on a good run for a while. So that's a non-answer for you. Sorry. No, that's fine. That's definitely a pass. That, that, mm-hmm. that, 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 hey, you know what? If it's that kind of uh, matchup and a pass is a pass, you don't want to mm-hmm. take money on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, here's one that I was actually surprised at the odds at. Cantlay versus Rory. Who they got favorite? Cantlay. Uh, they can't lay, can't lay favorite, but they're both minus. So they're both they're both yeah. like yeah, yeah. it's yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, Cantley's um uh, not on the boil really at the moment, but he's 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 an interesting player. He could turn it on pretty quickly. Uh, be interesting to see how Rory turns up. Pete Cowan is a, uh, I'd like to say he's a friend. I've known him a long, long time. Um, he's just started working with Rory. So uh, hopefully some of that form starts turning around and how he starts performing and, and gets back to how he used to drive it. I mean, yeah. um, his nickname on tour was BMW because he was the ultimate driving machine. He's lost some of that. <laughs> So, I, nice knew, I knew we'd get to the Como concepts eventually. <laughs> so actually, I had to weave that in there. No, that's not. That's actually what they used to call it. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, Spieth versus Scheffler. Uh, I doubt Spieth can do it back to back. Scheffler played great at the match play, and then they played like ass in the last round, like he'd run out of steam. But. Uh, I, I might take Scheffler on that one, actually. Okay. Yeah, okay. I'm again. I'm I'm going. Uh, I'm the I'm on the Spieth Island all day, baby. Spieth Island. <laughs> Table for one. There you go. All right, last one. Uh, Bryson versus DJ. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know what's going on with DJ recently. I, I'd take Bryson on that one. Hmm. Ooh, that's a big pull. You better have another sip on that one. Mr. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's a big, that's a big pull. Oh, you, oh, you want me to be right? Okay, sorry. Well, sorry. I, hey, listen. <laughs> I, well, maybe. I don't know. If he's coming on the show, absolutely. Oh, if he's still coming on the show, then uh, pick it. Uh, yeah. So, it, it, so uh, hold on. A couple more for you. And then and you, mm-hmm. you may have some stuff to fire off. And I know you got to go, so I won't keep you long. Mm-hmm. Does the... Um, well, sh- 
Where's my notes go? Oh yeah. Does the winning, does the winner of the Masters come from the final group on Sunday? Oh, what is the odds on this? It's like it's a pretty high percentage, isn't it? I forget what it is, but it's. it's I'm not. I wasn't looking. I don't, I'm not looking at all. Yeah. Well, maybe yeah. I'm the odds, but that, yeah. it could be. I don't know. Yeah. Um, does it come from? No, I, I think this year. If well, you you said you looked at the weather for the weekend. Is it going to storm on the weekend, or is it going to be dry? Well, so here's what's supposed to happen. Like starting Thursday, it goes to thirty percent. Friday goes to fifty percent, and then on uh, Saturday and Sunday, I think Sunday's clear, and okay. Saturday you're at like thirty percent. But it's friggin' uh, it it's um you know it's middle Georgia in mm-hmm. April, and mm-hmm. it's going to be in the it's going to be in the eighties all week. So it is going to be thunderstorm city. I mean it, yeah. it is we're going to wind up in a mud pie there. It's, it's either going to be mud pie or it's mm-hmm. going to be just dried and cracked and they're going to have to water the hell out of it. Well, that won't happen. Um, and they've got sub air, so it won't be, it won't be wet. They'll be, those things will be pumping like crazy. Um, I think if it's dodgy weather, it says, it says uh, Sunday, partly cloudy. I think the lead is going to, uh, the win is going to come from the final group. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I'm trying to find the, uh, the final groups. Uh, it's a high percentage from what I remember. Mm-hmm. I agree yeah, with that. Yep. It, it is high. Um, mm. Are we going to see, uh, do, do we break the course record? Uh, do we break it or do we break the 20 under this year? No. 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 I'm a no as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I agree with Dan. Mm-hmm. Can I throw a winning score out there? 278 and a half. You got always got to be that half over mm-hmm. under. The over is plus one ten. Two seventy eight. So two eighty four is par. Is that right? Two seventy eight. Yeah. So six under. Uh, I think he'll be under that. I think it'll be less than that. Yeah, I do too. Um, I mean, we've. I know Spieth made some comment about it being really dry in Augusta for the last few weeks, but we've had some strong storms so oh, the previous like couple big. of weeks yeah we've had a lot of rain mm-hmm. so i think we, it's, we, we, it's, we've had tornadoes we've had i mean it's <laughs> been rough through here man. biblical it's been biblical yeah so uh, i don't think it's going to be absolutely baked out um and those are the only times like, like length they can't defend against length anymore I and mean, they just can't make it long enough but if they make it dry enough uh then it, they just can't keep it close to the hole and so that's the only way they're keeping score is reasonable anymore i mean the the last masters which was a weird one in november obviously it was traumatic to me um the difference in scoring because dj played so great and got so low but if you looked at the scores of a lot of guys it was very high scoring like they did they you know they were not hitting it close enough the course was playing very long dj just played unbelievable he mm-hmm. drove it so good. It was incredible. Mm-hmm. And you think it's going to be so, uh, you, do you want to, uh, let's see. I, I do have a question on, uh, on the margin. Uh, let's see. Uh, margin of victory. Uh, four strokes or more at plus two twenty-five. Oh, I'd I'd say within four, I don't see anybody particularly running away with it. I think there's too many. Unless somebody who is phenomenal has a phenomenal week, I think there's going to be a lot of guys close to the lead. It doesn't begin until Sunday on 
the back nine at Augusta, as Jim Nance says. That's right. And and Dan and I are experts at nothing. Uh, <laughs> yeah. John, John Tattersall is a professional golf uh, teacher. instructor, teacher, teacher yeah. In, yeah. professional coach. golf teacher, coach. coach. Mm-hmm. So we are not professionals at picking scores. Do you think mm-hmm. we see another playoff this year? Oh, that's a tough one. Um, can I answer that on Sunday morning? I mean, the, the, I, I think there's, I think potentially, yes, there's a lot of guys that are playing very well coming into this. Uh, I think there's a lot of emotion around. This isn't just another Masters, in my mind. This is a, a great Masters for a good reason in that we're back in April. Uh, a lot of players are playing very well, seem yeah. to be coming into form, yeah. and the weather is pretty predictable. So I think you're going to have a lot of guys, unless somebody just goes crazy, I think you're going to have a lot of guys at or close to the lead come Sunday afternoon. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Fun you one. heard it here. You heard it here. John Tattersall, where can people find you, sir? You're on vacation. Yeah, I'm in Sea Island at the moment. It's very nice. So St. Simon's, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Tattersall Golf is probably the easiest way now. One good thing that came out of COVID, everything's more virtual. So Tattersall Golf is the best way. And then Golf Magazine uh, has all the articles I've written and all that good stuff. So cool. that's the easiest way. Awesome. John, once again, sir, it has been a pleasure. I hope you and your it's family great. enjoy vacation down in uh, in C- uh, St. Simon's Island. Mm-hmm. And uh, where are you playing golf at this week? Uh, played the plantation course at Sea Island today. Oh, we nice. snuck out for nine and got 18 in. Uh, my brother, my brother, Moore and I. And um, uh, Frederica tomorrow. And uh, whoa, whoa, whoa. now you're just bragging. Now <laughs> well, you're you, just you, bragging. Cal, Cal, you asked. I'm merely answering the question. <laughs> oh, excuse me, sir. And, and where's uh, so Frederica? And then uh, where are you heading? Uh, back to Sea Island on uh, Thursday. Nice. Okay. Nice. Yeah. I pl- uh, played the plantation course, which is a ton of fun. It's uh, Davis loves. Uh, homage to, I think, uh, Travis, um, Walter Travis, maybe the designer. So it's a lot of. Uh, square greens, square tees, really cool. A lot of undulation in the greens. A lot of fun. A lot of fun. Nice. Yeah. Awesome. Did you keep score? You know, I hit it actually pretty good today, and then I lost about six balls because I was going for stupid shit and hit it in the water a few times. So, <laughs> so the answer is no, he did not keep score. Uh, for the first eight holes, I kept score, and then I uh, – no, the, the seventh hole, uh, short par three, hit a wedge in the water, and then, you know – all the talks I give the college players and junior players went completely out the window. Don't shoot at the flag. There's no point shooting at that flag. And guess what I did? Shut You're up. on vacation. I mean, sometimes you got yes. yeah. to yeah. let your hair down. Yeah. This, this company right here are really good to me with golf balls. So it's like, yeah. There you go. Who cares? Who nice. cares? Yeah. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> Free 99. Free 99. John go. Tattersall, it's a pleasure, sir. Enjoy, you. enjoy your uh, week, and uh, yeah, it's uh, let's uh, let's check let's check back and see how we did on those guesses. Educated what? as they were, uh, oh yeah, we should. I'll send a note, and uh, we'll have to uh, we'll have to get another date scheduled. I mean, yeah, um, vacation gets boring. Let me know. We can jump back. Yeah. On, uh, <laughs> have a recap. Friday night, see how we did. Uh, we actually could. <laughs> no. we'll, we'll, we'll pretty much know what's happening. Uh, I'm, I'm around. Lindsay's out of town. She's actually going to the Masters on Saturday and Sunday. So me, 
who's in golf is not going. So she's, uh, she's going, uh, down to Berkman's. So wow. as a, as a, yeah, as a friend of mine says, like feeding strawberries to pigs, but there you go. <laughs> do not cut that. Whatever you do, definitely <laughs> leave that in there. Yeah. <laughs> See you guys. Uh, All right, cheers. cheers.